Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the Lois Wetzel Show, and I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wetzel, coming to you live from Houston, Texas at 9 a.m. Central Time. I offer on my website free things for everybody, including free meditations, many courses, an email newsletter on metaphysics, spirituality, and these ever-changing times we now live in. I've been sending that out free for 15 years now, and uh, I invite you to go to that website and check it out, hotpinklotus.com. Besides writing my books, I still do intuitive consultations and readings for my clients, as well as past life and life mission readings from the Akashic Records. The details on all of this are on my website. That's also where you can sign up for on my newsletter full of teaching and free stuff. And I don't share email addresses with anyone because your privacy is important. With these radio shows, I'm creating a free archived audio library for Seekers on the Path. This is available at any time, day or night, for free to anyone on Earth with access to the Internet. Sometimes these shows will be me talking about what I know or what I do, but most of the time it will be other experts in their respective fields sharing what they know and what they do. I invite you to register for Blog Talk Radio because it's free, and if you do that, you can mark this show as a favorite, get reminders of upcoming shows, and participate in the chat. The call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can phone in or call in using Skype if you want to listen like that. And then press number one if you want to ask a question or contribute to the conversation on air. Today I'm going to be interviewing a fascinating woman named Joan Walker. I've been acquainted with for quite a few years now and um, who I've interviewed before. Joan's been channeling archangels for many years now and ascended masters and um, doing so behind the scenes for famous spiritual leaders and now she has her own website where these channelings and classes, um, including some of the channelings, uh, are taught by her and her husband, John Walker. The classes focus on helping students find out who they really are, how to respond at choice rather than just reacting, how to find a balance in life, and how to reclaim your personal power. So without any more blah, blah on my part, let's talk to Joan Walker. Good morning, Joan. Well, good morning, Lois. I am so pleased to be here with you and with everyone listening. Well, excellent. You know, I've got a question for you that just kind of came to me this morning when I was thinking about interviewing you, and it is, how, what kind of child were you? I mean, did you, did you know you could talk to angels? Well, no, not in my early childhood. No, actually, I was more of an adult before that really came into um, my awareness. But as a child... Um, it just, it was like I knew things, and my family didn't, it didn't make sense to me the way they operated and the way they thought. They would tell me things, and I would think, you know, even as a young child, this is weird, <laughs> you know, this is really not the way I think, and... um and I was very impressionable. I could pick up on people's uh, feelings very, very easily. So that was confusing to me, um, having to separate what was mine and what was someone else's. Um, but I was actually, before I realized that I had this gift, I was 
probably in my mid forties. Yeah, yeah. And that happens to a lot of people at that age. You know, they start reassessing their life and you know, searching for a little deeper meaning. So that that was kind of my what happened to me. So when you were little, did when you were a little kid, did you also have imaginary playmates? Oh yeah, I had a very fertile imagination, and I liked being. Um, I liked having a balance where I had I had interaction with friends and we could make up stuff, but I also enjoyed my own company where I could pretend. And I think a whole lot of people um, who are who realize later on in life that they're psychic uh, because it doesn't it doesn't happen until later in life. I think for people whose families don't have um, a known or admitted history of uh, psychic ability, right? And uh, either it's been repressed or the person you inherited it from died young. I think that's what happened in my family. Um, yeah. So nobody knew it was there. But, um, well, yeah, you know, this of- is a, Yeah. Go ahead. This is interesting. Um, I didn't find this out until, in my own life, until after my. I was very close to my grandmother. And, um, but we didn't talk about things like. Uh, feelings or, you know, psychic ability or anything like that. But I didn't find this out until after she had passed. And I was talking to my aunt about my mother, and my aunt was kind of metaphysical uh, in a way that she she believed in there was something more, and she was very interested in astrology and that type of thing. But she told me that my grandmother read tea leaves, for people. And that was interesting to me because I remember as a child when I would spend time with her and be at her house, sometimes she would say to me, oh, Mrs. So-and-so is coming to have tea for me with me today, uh, and I want you to go outside when she comes. I want you to go play. And I never, you know, picked up on anything more than that. So I would say, oh, okay, and never thought any more about it. So that was just real interesting to me because it verified that it was there, but I just, it wasn't talked about or I didn't know it. So I wonder why she would hide that from you. You know, was that her idea or was that your parents' idea? No, I think it was her idea because um, my family was very uh, churched. They were Catholic and very Catholic. So that, of course, reading tea leaves was not in alignment with what, you know, their religious belief was. No. Mm -mm. Well, yeah, my family was very fundamentalist. Um, I was raised in a hellfire and brimstone environment until I was nine, and the guy, when he that one minister, when he left a Methodist church, of all things, he went on the road with the Holy Rollers, who got out of the Methodist church, but I was exposed to this, you know, screaming, burning hell stuff from the pulpit, you know. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, several times a week for the first nine years of my life because my mother was just always at church. Wow. We could walk to church. It was about a half a block down the street. Wow. Um, Yeah, so... um, we didn't. We weren't into the psychic stuff either. But I realize now, as an adult, my mother is very, very psychic. But yeah. She couldn't admit it because she thought it was the devil. Right. So it caused real serious problems for her. But, well, um, somehow my 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 grandmother must have rectified that somehow and made it work for her because she did practice certain things. <laughs> she probably had some support in childhood that. Um, she was afraid to give to you, you know, because yeah. maybe she didn't have the abilities. She might have been yeah. concerned as a child that you would tell people yeah. that are in trouble. Um, yeah. So how was it that you first channeled any anyone? How did that happen? Well... It was very interesting because I, at that time in my life, of course, my religion wasn't making sense to me anymore. It hadn't made sense to me for even as a child. You know, I kind of picked and chose out of that system what felt right to me. Uh, But anyway, I I was searching and I I had uh, went to a metaphysical bookstore in, in my town in Little Rock. And um, I started buying books and reading and, you know, kind of exploring different different avenues. And one day I was in there and I picked up a book called uh, Opening to Channel. And why I picked that up, I really consciously have no idea. Now, I, you know, that was an integral part of it. But anyway, I, I took it home and I started reading it. And I said to John, my husband, I said, you know, I can do this. And there was just something about that I knew in my gut that I knew how to do that. So he said, well, that's a great thing. Just go for it. You you just go ahead and do it. And so one evening he was in our bedroom watching a football game, and I was in the living room. And so I decided I was going to try to see if I could do that. Well, I started getting this really tight feeling in my solar plexus and the energy changed in the room and it kind of frightened me so I went into the bedroom and I said you know I feel really strange my body feels strange and of course he was interested in his ball game and he said to me oh you'll be all right go lay down in the bed (laughs) so I did that well I hadn't laid down more than a minute and this being came through my body, and it felt like, you know, there there was this tightness in my solar plexus, and it was kind of a booming voice. Well, it got his attention, needless to say. He turned off the, the TV right away, and what who that was, it was really three different beings, and they were my guides. And wow. And they wanted to make their presence known to me and that there were things that I had, uh, that they wanted me to know. And uh, fortunately, at that time, he had a little handheld recorder 
that he used to use um, to dictate letters to his secretary. So he immediately, as I was doing this, um, got that recorder and and recorded it. So um, that's how it all started. And I was at first excited about it, and then as things progressed, I didn't have any bad uh, experiences with it, but the feeling in my body was so foreign to me that it kind of um, frightened me sometimes. But always the messages were very uplifting and very much in alignment with my learning process. So I struggled with that for a number of years, um, on and off. Sometimes I would allow it, other times I wouldn't. Uh, finally, I we settled on a a process that was more comfortable to me, where I would journal and I would ask questions, and they would answer me. And they always signed their name at the end. And and the the thing of it was that we had made this agreement. I had to know who it was, why they were there, and. Um, uh, that I had the option to say no. So that's how it all started, and they would repeatedly tell me to read my journal, read my journal, because there was so much to that that, that really helped my uh, evolutionary process and my state of consciousness. So um, that's how it all started. Wow. Wow. Started so, on a personal level. Yeah, awesome. So you remember what you've channeled? Is that correct? Or yes, I am a conscious channel where I hear everything that is said. However, I don't always remember it in a week. So really? you, when I channel, I always record it so that if I I want to re-listen to it. And a lot of times now, especially now in these teachings and the teachings that I do for Mastering Alchemy and Jim Self, they are so in-depth and what I would consider to be um, somewhat advanced. Um, I like to have that to listen to for my own benefit so that I can integrate that in my practice. Yeah, I, that's what happens when I channel Akashic Records readings. Yeah. I, I can remember it for about 24 hours after that. It's like, no, I would have to go listen to it again. So I ask, tell people I have to ask questions within 24 hours if they're going to ask questions about the reading. Um, right. So uh, I, some people have, have called in um, a lot of times people just listen on the radio, so I don't know that they're on the computer, so I don't know that they're there. But the chat is open if anyone wants to ask questions on the chat. And um, I don't have people do readings um, on my radio show because this is um, actually what I'm creating is an archived library of spiritual teachings. And, sure, uh, sure. So we've got somebody with their hand up. So if you, if I'm going to open it to area code eight five six um, and see if that person has a question or wants to contribute, it, um, 
So let's see what what's happening. Eric at eight five six. Hello. Hi, this is Shandell calling from Sweetsboro, New Jersey. Uh huh. Did you have a, something you wanted to contribute to the conversation? Oh, I had a, a question about um, communicating with angels, if I could ask. Um, what, yeah. what is the best way to to try and to communicate with them? Well, I first and foremost, for me, I think you have to make yourself available. And that means that you have to take time um, and and sit quietly, um, not have, you know, a lot going on in your thought system, but to sit more in a, um, a relaxed state where you're calm and your mind is still. And then uh, for me, I always... Um, uh, I may say a few of my favorite prayers or I may um, open up my crown in my heart uh, and ask for that communication to take place. And at first, when you're a novice, a lot of times you think that is your own thoughts. Right. So um, it, it sometimes is confusing because you think, oh well, that's just that's just my wishful thinking or that's my thought. Um, but as you ask and you make yourself available on a consistent basis, you will realize that what they are saying to you are not did not come from you because the language is. Languaging may be a little different. It's not like it's a foreign language, but it, the verbiage is not the way you would normally speak. And for me, it's just easier to like start to journal my thoughts or ask a question and just allow yourself to write. Eventually, if you have... Everybody has different ways that they receive. Some people are... I'm clairaudient. I hear and I'm clairsentient, where I feel in my heart. So whatever that is for you, you have to give yourself that opportunity and that space in your life to receive. Okay. Okay. So it's with your your intention and your attention to that process. Sure, that makes sense. Sure. Okay. Thanks for calling. Oh, oh, thank you. Ooh, a lot of background noise. Um, so, Joan, Joan, as an extension to that conversation, do you feel like um, a lot of meditation is um, a good way to prepare to channel? Well, you know, some people have a hard time with that term of meditation because they say, oh, I can't still my mind. I, my thoughts just run rampant. But if you practice, I mean, you don't have to sit there for an hour or even 30 minutes. If you just allow yourself five or ten minutes to to just sit and be quiet and with your intention to connect with your God presence, or to connect with your guides, or to connect with a, an angel, or maybe your guardian angel. You know, that's a good way to start. Well, I guess what I was saying is, as a separate practice, to get to the place where you can actually receive information, 
I I feel like meditation is a great way to build spiritual muscle, but because it's so hard for Westerners to still their minds, that's why I think guided visual meditation is a great practice. And then once you've been doing that for a while, to sit quietly and open to the possibility of channeling. Yes. That's what I... Yeah, and you're absolutely right, Lois, um, because that that quiet contemplative state or using guided meditations or uh, visualization is essential. And it takes time. You have to uh, discipline yourself and devote the time on a regular basis. You just can't, you know, once a week or once a month say, oh, I'm going to do this. It takes a daily disciplined practice. Okay, I'm looking at the chat, and someone's saying that there's a lot of energy feedback when you're talking, so can you get nearer to, are you on a cell phone? Uh, No, I'm not. Okay. Well, I don't know what to do about that then. Um, Um, Well, let me do this. Let me, I've got my headset in, and maybe that's what's causing the feedback. That can definitely do it. Okay, well, let me change that. Okay, so Boat Mom, is that better? Posted that. So, Boat Mom, will you tell us if the feedback is gone now when Joan speaks? Go ahead and speak, Joan. Okay, is this better? I couldn't hear it, but Boat Mom is not saying anything. Okay. But let's assume that that's going to make a difference because I think anytime you add something in, it can't hit has the possibility. Um, so we've got somebody else here with a uh, with their hand up to ask a question. Again, we're not going to be doing readings on the air, but if anyone's got a question, that's what we want to do. And this is area code 281. I'm going to open the line to you. Okay, 281, are you there? Hello? Hello? Two eight, area code 281, are you there? Your Houston area caller. Well, not saying anything, so maybe no questions. Um, so, can't get it to hang up now. There we go. Okay. Um, so, when you, how did you wind up um, channeling for people like Jim Self? And don't you also channel for Steve Rother sometimes, or no? Uh, no, I was just on his virtual light program. I was being interviewed. Oh, okay. Um, but, well, what happened was I, a friend of mine was doing a project, a teaching project, and she asked me to um, to be part of that. And so we thought, you know, it was a book that was going to be written. And... As it turned out, it, it wasn't. It was a it's a teaching curriculum that we were developing. Well, as we were sitting contemplating what to do, and she had knew she knew that I channeled for myself. I didn't channel for other people, and so she um, we were kind of at a stuck place. And so um, I said, well, maybe I could channel. And at that time, for myself, I was channeling Archangel Ariel. And um, who was my guide at that time? And so I said, well, we could try to get some information from Ariel 
And so I um, kind of went into a meditative state. Well, oh, my heavens, lo and behold, Master Kathumi came. And also Archangel Metatron. And, and I had never channeled at that, you know, a master before. So anyway, it was Kathumi's project, and he um, said there was no book, that he wanted us to make a, a a guided meditation CD, and it was called I Am Light. And um, so we said, well, yeah, we could do that, and we did. And so every time... You know, we would get together, we would channel him, and he then helped us develop this curriculum that we taught for, oh, I don't know, six or seven years. During that same time, uh, Jim Self was a friend of of Susan, my friend, Susan Waters, and um, he was looking for a channel. He had gotten some information on the rays, and there was a lot of different writing out there different books that had different slants on it and he wanted some clarification so he called her and said do you know a a channel that is is very clear and um that could maybe um give me a reading and susan recommended me so he called me and I said, well, you know, I didn't know anything about the rays. And he said, well, that's a good thing. Then you can't color the information. Right. So I, I'm i thinking, okay, sure, fine. So we did a session, and um, I can't remember who came first. It was probably, it was one of the archangels. It was either Michael or, or Metatron. And... Um, they said there are many rays, but the rays that they wanted him to get information about and to teach were called the 12 rays of creation, how things were created in all of creation, both in form and outside of form. So as that turned out, I was channeling simultaneously for I Am Light and Mastering Alchemy. Um, and... I wasn't involved in the teaching of Mastering Alchemy as I am today. Um, But, you know, what I thought would be just a few sessions turned out to be I've I've been channeling for him for eight years. I still channel for him. And I meet every week with his Mastering Alchemy uh, Level 3 Live um, group. And uh, Jim teaches... And then I always do a channeling. So that's how that evolved. Wow. So that's been an awesome project. Yeah, I think that it's fascinating how those little pieces fall into place and you find yourself someplace where you didn't know you were going, but it is perfect for you. I call that allowing your career to morph. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, never wanted to do a radio show. I really resisted that. And now I'm, now I understand why. I'm, I've been doing it for three levels, for three years before I got to the level where I realized I was creating an audio, an audio archive of spiritual teaching. Wow. At first I realized that I was just meeting interesting people. Yeah. People yeah, you just, um, 
as, as you get into a project and you start doing it, of course, the depth of, of your growing transmits into that project, and you're able to provide um, more extensive uh, teachings or extensive information. So it's great. Yeah. And the the hard thing, I think, is for, for the average person, whether they're doing this kind of work or not, is to allow it to morph and not to try to hang on to the control. Absolutely. Absolutely. To, to trust um, that your guides really do know more than you do about what direction you need to be going and that you really are hearing your guides. That's another big challenge. That is a big challenge. And, you know, another consideration, Lois, is we don't understand how limiting being in a body is. So when you do have communication with your guides or with um, an archangel or a master or whoever is, is helping you, um, they see a much different picture because they don't have the limitations of a physical body. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so you have uh, shifted gears and you're now teaching a new curriculum with your wait, wait. There's another question I wanted to ask you. Do you want to explain to people what the rays are briefly? Because I mean, there are a whole lot of people who have never heard of the rays. Well, there was um, oh, there's a lot out there about the rays. Uh, I think the first ones to talk about it was uh, you're familiar with Claire and Mark Prophet wrote a jillion yeah. books, and yeah, they wrote about the. Ma- Pardon? Who else wrote about the rays before that was um, the theosophist. What is yes. her name? Alice Bailey Ad- wrote about those. Alice Bailey, yeah. yes. Right, right. Yeah. So, okay. but those were the, there were seven rays in that system, and each ray was overseen by a master. Were these the rays of light? Is that correct? Yeah, they were rays of light. Okay. Now, is this visible light or is it etheric light? It's it's more of etheric light, and they were all color-coded. Um, and there were specific things that each ray was concerned with uh, as far as a spe- spiritual path to evolution, uh, a spiritual awakening that it provided for you. Okay, so now what you're doing is teaching uh, a curriculum with your husband, John, as your partner. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, about two years ago, my guidance was to start to step back from what I was doing with I Am Light because it was very um, time-consuming and that there was that I was just to step back, that I I could still channel the information, but that I was to step back from the day-to-day teaching of it. And 
as I did that, um, that was challenging because I had to wait. I knew there was something else I was supposed to be doing, but I didn't have a full conscious awareness of what that was. So I had to trust my guidance, and it was difficult because it was, oh, probably six, eight months before I finally got some clarification and Archangel um, Metatron came and invited John and I to do this project because he said it was so important that at these times of change that we get to the grassroots, the ordinary person who has a job, who has a family, who has a lot going on in their life, and but yet are in need of fundamental spiritual teachings that they can incorporate very quickly into their life. And um, so that's how that began. And so he would come regularly and discuss with us um, what these teachings would revolve around and how we could make them very short easy and concise that they could get it and incorporated and it wouldn't be a commitment of like a year or a year and a half of their time to do a a course that they could have these little mini teachings that we could make available um, either in a teleseminar format or we're in the process of making these teaching pods that have four lessons in them that you can download their MP3 files and use um, at a very nominal fee. It wouldn't cost hundreds or thousands of dollars to to get these little mini teachings. So that's what we're in the process of doing. And so we have offered a series of eight of these little mini teachings um, via a teleconference, and they're, they were uh, they were offered free. We're we're uh, going to have our second session this coming Tuesday, um, and they're just little basic um, teachings. Uh, there's always a, a little brief centering meditation orchestrated by Archangel Gabriel. And then there's a little short teaching um, that John and I do. And then we have a channeling by a master or an archangel in regards to what the the topic of that, of that specific teaching is. Awesome. So to do, to sign up for that or to learn more about it, they would go to your website, which is joanandjohnwalker.com. Is that right? That's right. That's right. There's a link to that on the show page. Uh, If you didn't have a chance to write it down, it's on the show page. There's a link to her website where you can learn more about these classes. And there's also on that website, there's a monthly teaching, uh, I mean a monthly free channeling that is posted under messages. Um, And we offer that free every month. And there's also, uh, we have a little short newsletter that we put out every month, and that's also free to anyone who's interested. Excellent. So um, there's someone else here with their hand raised. 
um, and we don't do readings on this radio show, but I'm going to open up to Kat uh, if you have a question about what we've been discussing or a contribution to make. I'm going to open that now. Are you there? I'm just looking. Sorry. Oh, okay. So when you press the number one, it looks like you want to um, ask a question. So I'll just close that. Um, so you've been teaching this for about two years now, these classes, right? Well, actually, it, uh, you know, it, we've been gathering the information for about a year. Uh, before that, it was the year of my stepping back, resting, allowing. So these teachings are just now fully coming out, and we finally got our website up, I think it was in um, November. So it's just been since November. Wow. So let me ask you this. Um, do you ever do individual channeling for people who want to hear from someone who's a clear channel, what Archangel Michael or Gabriel or Metatron or Aniel, the one of them, you know, do you ever just channel those for people or individuals? Very rarely, um, Lois, because it, it takes a lot of my time and my, uh, if I open myself up to be a public channel to give readings, it would just absorb a great deal of my time and energy. Um, and my focus, my guidance uh, from the angels is that I have definite, um, because I am a clear channel, um, and I take that very seriously, um, This, these messages that they use me as their vehicle, and they want these messages to go out to the masses uh, on a regular basis. So that's been my focus um, when I've done these teaching um, formats like uh, For Mastering Alchemy. That's a whole teaching uh, format, uh, and so was I Am Light. Um, so that, that, that information, it takes a lot of time to, um, you, you know, uh, be present, allow that information to come through you and document it so it can be then translated into a teaching format. Yeah, it's got to be transcoded after you, after you record it and all that, I mean, transcribed and all that. And here's all something of that. Most people, yeah, most people don't realize this. And that is that people who can channel clearly um, whatever, you know, you happen to be channeling, that when you're doing that, it takes an intense amount of energy, and it's called psycho-spiritual energy. And yes. that's what killed Edgar Cayce, is he did not listen to the being he was channeling, because he was not a, a conscious channel, he was a trance channel. And he was told yeah. repeatedly, you're going into trance too often. It's too hard on your body. You need to cut back. But he didn't do it, and he died before his time. Because this is very intense energy that we channel when we're, or that we use, that runs through our bodies when we're channeling things like archangels and the Akashic records. And so if 
um, if people overdo it, they can damage their body. And most, most or they're exhausted, just completely yeah. exhausted. I think most people don't realize that. Well, you know, that was, um, that happened to me, Lois, when um, <laughs> I was kind of burning the candle at both ends, and they kept saying, cut back, cut back, you need to rest. And, of course, I didn't. And I got very ill, and I was ill for about a month. I had an upper respiratory uh, infection I couldn't shake. And they came to me and said, you need to rest. You are, you know, it's too hard on your body. So that's when the guidance came that said, are you going to listen now? You need to pull back. So I did. It was difficult. Because yeah. you see the benefit for people that people are getting, and you want to accommodate them. Right. So, uh, but yeah, people don't. They, you understand that, Lois. I understand it because I, I experience it. You experience it. Uh, but people say, "Oh, well, you make it look so easy." You know. Well, it is not that hard. But the energy that runs through your body is very intense. And it, it has a, um, as it runs through your body, it has an effect of, I'm, I'm not trying to articulate this, there's a limit to how much of that you can do, because if you do too much, you become actually exhausted. Now, why? I don't know. I don't know why. Well, um, and I know that these kinds of readings, don't take as much eat as much energy. Like when I do a case of records reading, uh-huh. huge amount of energy. A tarot reading, not so much. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, for me, it's the same. It depends on who's coming and the message that they're they're relaying. Because not only is it a conceptual me- message, there's an energy attached to it. So some are just more. Um, uh, I won't say difficult, but more energy attached to it that the body has a hard time with because it's such of a different level than what the body can um, can fully understand. So, do you think that some of the angels or archangels or ascended masters just have more more intense energy? at their disposal, and it's really, that's why it's hard, you think, or no? Yeah, I think some of them, I used to have a very difficult time with Metatron's energy because it is so huge um, to me. And um, I would have to, like when I would channel for the Rays, because he was kind of the overseer for that project, I would have to, after I did a session with Jim for about an hour, I'd have to go lay down. Right, I understand. So, um, but it not so much anymore. I'm more accustomed to um, that energy. Uh, but there are times when it is of that higher frequency range, and I do have to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the things. One of the things that. Um, we are going to be teaching uh, in the coming times is the fact that the body is a third-dimensional vehicle. 
And because we are in the middle of the shift and we are shifting to not only a fifth dimension, but a multidimensional state of, of operating in a body, the, the um, body has to also shift. And the vibration and the energy of that body has to be reconfigured to accommodate the energy of that fifth dimensional vehicle, transforming that third dimensional body, physical body vehicle, into a higher frequency range of fifth dimension. And there are steps that we will be teaching on how to do that. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. So um, also you are working with um, helping to teach the gym self-worth. Is there anything else you're doing at this point? No. (laughs) That's enough. (laughs) That sounds like it might be quite enough. Quite enough. And so you thought there for a while that you were supposed to leave uh, the Hot Springs area, and then you didn't. Can, and I think I'm hearing a lot of people saying they, they're having they're confused about where they're supposed to be. Do you have anything to say about that? Well, yeah, it was confusing for me because um, when I started this project this, uh, with John about getting to the masses, um we um struck up a relationship with um Sandy Sedgebeer, Sandra Sedgebeer, who um does a lot of um interviewing and also promoting spiritual teachers and she's located in the Phoenix area. Um and we thought that that would be an area that would be more receptive and have more opportunities um, to start to develop this new project. And it just didn't work out um, in that way. So we, even though we felt that was what we should do, um, evidently the timing isn't right for that or that isn't, what it is we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stay put for the time being, and I just have to trust that. I don't have to understand it, but obviously if it isn't an easy transition, then it you need to step back and wait. You know, the same thing happened to me. I had overworked, done too many intense readings too close together, and became seriously exhausted. And mm-hmm. I went to uh, Hot Springs, actually rented a little cabin um, um, on the water with a bunch of pine trees around me, which is very different than living almost downtown in Houston. I've been living here for about mm, six and a half years now. Um, and I just was there. I thought I was supposed to move to Hot Springs. I put my condo on the market and everything, but it was very complicated in that there's no money to lend for condos right now. The only way you can buy one in Houston right at this point in time, at least in this complex, is if you've got cash. So I didn't know that. Um, But I was up there about almost three months and experienced a really profound, fast level of healing being near the crystals and on the water with pine trees just right up against the cabin 
lots of them, about 10 of them, 100-foot-tall pine trees. But that was very confusing for me and still is. I still don't know ultimately where I'm going to be. I keep sensing that it's not going to be Houston forever, but I don't know where the next place is. So um, I think that's interesting that I've talked to several people who think, well, I'm supposed to be here, I'm supposed to be doing that, or and so on, but it's just not happening yet. So right. that's interesting to me, and, and it seems to be a common theme. Well, you know, I think for those of us who do have gifts of clairaudience, clairsentience, clairvoyance, sometimes, you know, in meditative states or in the the types of energy that we channel, we get out there and we see possibilities uh-huh. that would be good for us. But it doesn't always translate into the physical in the same time frame. So there's a time lag. That's been my experience of it. Sometimes if I see it or I know it, it doesn't always translate in the, like right away. Or, yeah, that's what. I, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, and then the other thing is. You know, something may have shifted where your presence in a certain location is more valuable maybe maybe to you personally or to the environment itself because of the energy that you you carry. So maybe that's why there is this space where you have to wait because you're needed right there right now in this moment. Yeah, and that that second one, that's what I mm-hmm. think it is. Yeah. My energy is still needed here for some reason. Yeah. Um, and so, so you happen. know, yeah, things happen and you don't understand, but you just have to develop that level of trust and know yeah. that when the timing is right, then that other opportunity will open and it will flow very easily. So this isn't just true of people like me and Joan either. This is true of everybody, that when yeah. you start with the guidance, you may get a vision of what's going to happen in the future or things may be reassessed in the spirit world where your presence is needed in a certain job, in a certain relationship, in a certain location because the benefit to the whole um, is more important at that point in time, or the benefit to you. That's kind of what we said, right? What you said. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's kind of been your experience with it, too. Yeah, it has. Um, That doesn't mean that it's easy. That doesn't mean that um, it isn't a little bit frustrating. Uh, It is. You know, it's one of my pet peeves when people try to make things they do look easy when they actually struggle with it. And then we you all know, struggle. Yeah, we do. And that's another thing I think it's important for anybody who ever listens to this show, either live or in the archives, and I really do have a lot more archive listeners, um, to understand is that um it's it's hard for all of us. No yeah. nobody's breathing through this. It's a struggle no. for everyone. 
we all have our personal um, little anomalies that we have to work through and overcome because we're here to evolve, you know, and just because we have gifts or that we have abilities that we share, we still have personal work of our own that we do. Exactly. And, you know, maybe part of that you're supposed to move, you're not supposed to move thing is uh, a stage in the Trust Your Guidance textbook. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Tell you that, you do this now, and we may change our minds later and then come back to that later, and you just have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust that you're you're okay wherever you are and that the next step when it's appropriate will be open to you and you'll take it. Exactly. And that's kind of like letting your career morph as I mentioned earlier in the show and is not that easy but what I found out um, well it is easy once you learn to trust it. When when Mm -hmm. you stop being afraid that you're going to you know be living under the bridge eating out of the dumpsters, <laughs> you know. Yeah. When you learn to trust guidance. Um, yeah. And trust yourself. Yeah, and your ability to hear your guidance, absolutely. Yeah. Which is why I, I value the guided visual meditation so much because I think it's, and that's why I offer free ones on my website, hotpinklotus.com, is because I think it's important for people to build spiritual muscle like that and, a lot of people think that meditation is just sitting quietly with your thoughts, and meditation is about not having any thoughts, which is why the Western mind needs that guided visual meditation. It gives you something to think about. Right, or um, something to focus on. Yeah, to focus on. So, yeah, you're yeah. not really thinking. You're just focusing on the procedure. And that's when, once you get the, the thing memorized, that's when amazing things can really happen in the meditation. But... um. And so here's a question for you. Should everybody be channeling? Um, I don't know. I I think that if you have that uh, desire, that gift, that ability, um, you should. But, you know, everybody channels in different ways. Some people speak it. Some people uh, write they begin to write books or they write articles and they things just kind of channel through them, thoughts channel through them, and they don't particularly ask for where they come from or who's saying them, but they have these thoughts when they get sit down to write. Or they have knowings um, about certain things. So we all channel energy in different ways. Some mm-hmm. people channel energy and are are healers. Um, some uh, channel energy where their presence makes such a difference um, and is so um, helpful to people who are are going through um, difficulties. And it's not so much in what they're saying or. Um, they're rescuing someone. It's just in the energy that is is channeling through their body that they draw from their higher self. 
they heal with their presence. They don't have to say anything. Right. And I know someone like that, and she's aware that that's who she is. But and then there are people who channel with uh, through art. I did that for many, many years. I channeled yeah. painting. I didn't know the word channel. Yeah. Oh. And, and so people so, who look at those paintings then get certain feelings and are uplifted, or they, um, you know, have thoughts come that they wouldn't normally have. So there's a number of... Yeah, but what my guides say is that when people look at certain works of art, depending on who's doing them and what they're channeling, that they can experience healing through looking at that art. They can experience um, channeling things themselves, picking up information, and that um, a work of art will send out a frequency into the universe forever. Yes, once it's out there, once it's painted, so um, so do so does the written word or the spoken word. Yeah. And, so there's uh, many ways. Yeah. So everybody is unique unto themselves, and everybody has gifts and abilities. And if they are more conscious and pay attention, they discover more about themselves and more about their their gifts and abilities. Yeah, and the thing I would want to say is the reason I brought that question up is uh, that it's important to know that not everybody is supposed to be doing the kind of channeling that you're doing. No. Not everyone is supposed to be channeling angels and archangels, and one type of channeling is not superior to another. Channeling right. art, channeling music, channeling the written word, all that sort of thing is equally valid so and it's equally uh, as important exactly. it's just different venues yes different ways for spirit to express through the through individuals onto the physical plane right i think for the purpose of healing we have got just a little over one minute left left what would you like to say in closing Well, I would just like to encourage everyone to be themselves and to trust themselves and uh, get pay attention to who they are and the benefits that they provide. They all have value. Every single person has such value. And to recognize that and to hold that close, their value and their importance to the in a big scheme of things. Every piece of the puzzle is important. Yes. Every single piece. And everybody, I, I want to thank all of you for coming to listen. I want to thank Joan for being here today. And I want to direct you again to her website, Joan and Um, yeah, smaller increments, but you know, got a job, got a family, got a life. By taking small bits, uh, smaller bites of pieces. Uh, so let's check it out. Uh, well, thanks for having me, Lois. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye.
บาย